Welcome to the International Space Training Center. You're here today to train for the greatest adventure in the history of mankind. Glorious symbol of Australia, the koala bear. But the koala is not a bear. <laughs> He's a marsupial. I see working for a tune has rubbed off on you. Hey everybody, Bill St. James at the Aerosmith concert. Traffic's jammed out there, so if you're stuck in your car on your way to this concert, don't worry, we've got you covered. Just keep it right here on L.A.'s Classic Rock Station. W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is episode 607, and I'm here once again not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you go to the parks, but I also want to bring you some Disney magic wherever you are with the podcast, live videos on Facebook every Wednesday, videos, blog, books, and more. Whether you're planning your first or next Walt Disney World vacation or love the history, details, secrets, and stories, there's something in the show for you because each week I'm going to take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between. And if you're a new listener, thank you, welcome. Please go back and check out some or all the past episodes for interviews, top tens, reviews, and more. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and find everything else at www.radio.com. I'm going to open up the inbox this week and answer your questions, including some about the history of Space Mountain, cosplay in the Disney parks, Disney architecture books, Sleeping Beauty Castle is backwards, building a lightsaber, the Walt Disney World Citizen Test, a lost Epcot attraction and character you probably never heard of, attractions that are better at night, and the oldest email in the inbox. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for more information, updates, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. It's time once again to open up the mailbag and answer your questions to help you plan, prepare, and answer your pressing questions about where to go, what to do, where to eat, where to snack, and the how, when, where, why, and what's new, what's next, and even just some fun facts and tidbits about Disney details, history, trivia, and really anything that you like. And because it is the spirit of the current Halloween season, joining me again on this journey through the inbox is the unspoken fourth Sanderson sister. She has a thing about kids and teens. She can't step on hallowed ground. She digs the dark. She's a heck of a snappy dresser and is just waiting for the next full moon. She is, of course, Becky Mankin, the CEO and... CEO of Mouse Fan Great. <laughs> Are you sure you have the right person? Because that that whole introduction kind of went a little off the rails. Because it's I completely no true. You dig the what? dark. You have yeah. a thing about kids. <laughs> so. I do, that's 
All right, that's the one that I will argue with up one side and down another. Just, you just wait. even sort of, ah, never mind. Uh, but listen. Thank you, Max, for that marvelous introduction. <laughs> I put a spell on you. I, You're waiting for me to see the, the movie, aren't you? I am. So that I, I, I dig a little Hocus you. Pocus. It's the right. Disney Plus pick of the week on the WW Radio live show because each week on Wednesday nights, do I not just share my top five live, but a Disney Plus pick of the week. This week is Hocus Pocus. So if you want to hop on, come join us next week on the live show, Wednesday at 7.30, and discuss it in the clubhouse at www.radio.com. Every time you keep picking things that I haven't seen yet. It's so the entire weekly, point. It's the weekly, point. Weekly homework that I, you know, you've got me running around planning all kinds of stuff for 2021, 2022, and now I have stuff for 2023, and yet you still want me to sit down and watch a movie. Becky, you admittedly have been stuck in your house for months I am ge- I am helping you make the most out of your Disney Plus subscription and Hocus. Okay, I'll take that. We've had some really good ones over the past few weeks. We've done Black Hole, Treasure Planet, Didn't Magic of Disney's Animal it. Kingdom. Well, I, I know you haven't done any of I your tried homework. To for- Get the black hole because I still don't understand. Who framed what I Roger saw. Rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> the the black hole Dip. was an interesting discussion. So and lots Dip. more, uh, lots more to come. But this week totally is Hocus Pocus. Target, aren't I? It's fun. Yes, you're gonna listen. You're gonna like Hocus Pocus <laughs> again. Okay. When you see how they feel towards children, you're gonna just you'll be wow. getting your, you know, Promise. I am a Sanderson sister. See, I was totally gonna go jersey. my rocket to your Groot, but. You went I, I've a whole done another movie direction. I've done it. Listen, I want yeah. to somewhat lightning round ish. If we wow. can, good luck with that. I know <laughs> we have so many questions in the inbox. And by the way, if you have a question you would like us to answer on the show, just email me Lou at WW Radio, and your question might sound something like, but probably, hopefully, not like, because I probably won't read it again. It's like this, Lou and Becky. I was just watching uh, The Mouseketeers at Walt Disney World on the aforementioned Disney Plus, which I dig. Maybe we'll make that a pick of the week, too. And I've really been enjoying getting to see the Magic Kingdom as it was originally back in the 1970s. Something I noticed while watching this special was the difference in the ride vehicles for Space Mountain. In one of the vehicles, it appears that they sit two people per seat, forward to back, where one person is literally leaning back into the person behind them, and they have no seatbelts. Do you know if ride vehicles like this were typical for the time? Did things like Splash Mountain, for example, have a similar ride vehicle? And at what point did they change the ride vehicles at Space Mountain so that each person sat individually? Thank you for the answers that you have. Love the show. Been listening for several years now, and that is from Laura Russell. Laura I dig this question because, one, it shows that you're listening and you're paying attention and you're watching Disney+. And Becky Mankin, I not only remember these vehicles, but I have a quick story, a personal anecdote, as it were. Uh, And and look, I'm going to cry right off the bat because it involves my dad. I literally remember Uh. being with my dad. Um, And this this is in the mid to late 70s, right? Because these, again, the attraction didn't open until 75. Got it. I was what? 20? <laughs> really? Want to go down that road? Listen, so you're right. The From 75 to about 89, the trains had 
only two seats per car. So each seat was designed to hold two passengers, meaning the front passenger rode in the lap of the rear passenger. So it's sort of like the Matterhorn bobsleds were for a time. And so each train could hold a maximum of eight passengers. And and so there was this, you know, very basic seatbelt type thing. But I remember riding this with my dad. And again, you're there's nothing in between you and the person in front of you. And I remember accidentally sort of throwing my head back and my dad came oh, out no. and I gave him a fat lip and his lip was bleeding. Oh. So, and there we were in the middle of Tomorrowland with my Wonderful you know, family memories with it Lou Mangiello. Is. Listen, however many, all these years later, well, I'm trying to do the math. Is it really that many years later that, um, that I still remember that? But in... 89 or 90 is when they introduced new vehicles where um, they look a lot from the outside. They look a lot like the originals, but they had uh, one person per seat, which meant that the capacity went down a little bit from eight to six. And then they also introduced lap bars there at the time. They looked more like um, like a U shape. And then now they're more of a uh, like a T bar shape. And then in 2009, when they did the refurbishment, they gave them uh, a new paint scheme as well as new fabric as well. Still way more comfortable than Matterhorn bobsleds in Disneyland. Oh, man, those things those are so uncomfortable. Matterhorn bobsleds are a chiropractor's dream. They should literally have a chiropractic <laughs> station. Like, instead of a gift shop, they should have a chiropractor right at the end of Matterhorn bobsleds. <laughs> those are killer. On the, But, you know, when you're talking about way back in the 1970s and you were going and enjoying Disney World with your family... I just remember reading about it in Washington state, all the way across the country, seeing this wonderful magazine that my mom got all the time that highlighted different places to travel. And it was talking about the opening of this great, big, great world called Disney World. And I wanted to go and I didn't get there until 1996. And look, now they, they can't keep you away. And I'm, and well, I'm, the, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't been here. Look, the, COVID uh, is gonna. The fact that you haven't been here in so long is gonna make you appreciate it even more than you did before. Oh, yeah, yeah. It I'm not saying that. Will. I'm not saying you took it for granted, but I think to a certain no. degree we all did, right? We sort of just took certain things yeah. for granted. And I want to be there. I will be there the first day you step foot back into a Disney park. Is that a promise? It's a threat, but it's, you, you, it's just, also... <laughs> you just want to see me cry because do. you've never seen me cry and you uh, want to see me cry. I have seen you cry. I have seen you what? cry. Listen, what? you've bought me dinner before. I've seen you cry when the bill comes. I oh, know well, I know granted. what real tears look like. All right. You, I said I'm going to go sushi fast. plate. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's move I on. I want to get another $24 piece of sushi. <laughs> Bring them on. So good. Um, <laughs> hello, Becky and Lou. Uh, it's appropriate. I love this person. I right. do too, because always Excellent. ladies first. My dad raised me right because I gave him a fat lip. He says, me and my friends are <laughs> cosplayers, I dig, Ooh, cool. and want to cosplay in the park as casual versions of some of the Kingdom Hearts characters. Also cool very idea. cool. The outfits will be normal street clothes. It would very much be within the rules, but I couldn't find anything about wigs. So my question is this, what is the policy on wigs Outside of the not so scary event, this is for my buddy Tom Zukas. See, I could have made an easy joke, Becky, about wearing a wig, but I won't. I'm gonna let it just go right 
by. But they're really so it's interesting. And again, we're talking now in a in in the current environment and then sort of the general environment. So normally adults are not al- allowed to wear quote unquote costumes in the park. However, you can Disney bound, right? And that's something that that guests do throughout the year, not just during Halloween, which is, I I think, Tom, exactly what you're talking about, sort of having an inspired look that is not necessarily dressing like Tinkerbell or, you know, Peter Pan and coming in actual costume. In terms of wigs, I believe as long as it doesn't cover your face, you're okay. You know, I don't think that there's sort of a standard like, whoa, sorry, ma'am, the pink hair, no bueno, but so I, I'm assuming that wigs are okay as long as your face isn't covered. I because then what do you say right. to the guy with the bad toupee? I'm sorry, sir. No wigs. Get that rug <laughs> oh, off. Put that so, rug in, so in a locker. <laughs> yeah, the the guests 14 and over are the ones that they are most concerned about that may be refused admittance if they are wearing some sort of costume or mask, especially if they could be interpreted as being a Disney um, a character because they don't want people to you know, misinterpret the actual characters versus the guests. But it does say that adults can wear hats, wigs, capes, transparent wings. No capes. Um, n- yeah, no capes. Sorry. As well as um, as long as they aren't real type. Real you can't have real wings. No real wings. No real wings. I'm sorry. If you have wings, you can't go. Um, but it does say they can wear hats and wigs and um right. In, in capes, actually. And, and this year, obviously, because of COVID, Disney has relaxed that policy. Because there are no not-so-scary Halloween parties, guests can come in full-blown costume. And I saw the the very first day that they started celebrating the Halloween season back in June. <laughs> that that it really is more like, you know, September. July, but, yeah. <laughs> but guests are, and adult guests are coming in, in wonderfully well-themed and incredibly detailed full-blown costumes makeup wig as again it's weird you can't wear a mask but you have to wear a mask so there's like this this, there's this interesting sort of balance and balance and dichotomy but even look even the face coverings now are incredibly well themed too so you can integrate that into your halloween costume yeah i think that uh, a good rule of thumb though is to kind of have a plan b just in case what you're wearing is kind of stopped at the gate so you know, if if you have a shirt with wings on that they don't want you to wear, you might want to have a plan B just in case. So it doesn't ruin your visit. It's one of the many reasons why I always wear my underoos when I go to the park. Just in wow. case. Just in case. There's got to be a quick <laughs> costume change. I'm ready. So w- when Mr. we Mangiello, finally please, do get. Can you, can you leave the park? When we finally do get Avengers Campus, are you going to show up in your in your spider ruse? Because I just want to see that happen. There's a lot of things, Becky, I think people don't want to see. The grease tape is one, and me oh. in any sort of tight-fitting undergarment is number two. You know how much money we could raise for charity if you would uh, put on a screening of the Moving tape. on. Moving on. <laughs> Cara P. says, simple and to the point, are there any uh, books you would recommend for someone who is interested in Disney architecture? Cara, I dig this question. As a matter of fact, I have not one, not two, but actually three there are three different books that I would recommend, actually all of which are on my shelf. And the first one, uh, they're all these are all Disney edition books. The first one is called um, Building a Dream, The Art of Disney Architecture. 
it is a is a fantastic, incredibly detailed um, book describing the design process and elements uh, behind some of the buildings that are designed by renowned architects like uh, Robert Amstern, uh, Frank Gehry. Um, there's there's uh, um, it's a pretty it's a pretty big, hardbound, um, thick book talking not just about architecture in the theme parks, but the hotels, the offices, the studios, and a lot of the imagery and iconography that is integrated in there. You also get to see, I mean, if you really want a deep dive, there's a lot of um, blueprints and architectural drawings and photographs along with interviews and associated texts. Uh, it is a Especially if you're a, a researcher and love the details, uh, this is a must-have. And the other two are designing Disney's theme parks. It is it's called the uh, the architecture of reassurance. This one is a yellow book. This one is is from the late '90s. I want to say probably '97, '98, but I, I still believe you can get it you might still be able to get it new but i think it's only available used probably on amazon or, or some of the other books like that uh, this too is another more of a, a a scholarly look at the um the architecture and a lot of the meaning behind it and the third book is uh is the john hench book uh designing disney imagineering and the art of the show this is not necessarily about um, just the buildings themselves, but really about the principles of design and in the theme parks, uh, characters. You, it, it has a an amazing, excuse me, amazing look and really almost instruction manual on the use and the meaning of color. So it's part architecture, part design, part engineering, part animation uh, and and aesthetic um, and a lot of really what the thought process that goes into it. Um, I think all these are very complimentary books. And if you're really interested in the art and architecture, I would add all three to your library. Outside of the architecture, I've, I haven't read a lot of the ones that, um, that, that don't have pictures, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, but <laughs> Becky, these I will agree pictures. with that. It's like a little, it's like a pop-up book. They're like little, nice. <gasps> remember, do you have the, do you ever have Stop. the Walt Disney World pop-up book? I didn't even know the pop-up oh, book Oh, God, I still have Disney it. World. Oh, I'm going to cry. It's, I'm going to have to, I'll take pictures of it twice. and show it. It's Are you so, in menopause? Because I am. I'm, I'm going through some sort of like weird <laughs> emotional thing. I, everything makes me cry now. Um, I but it, I had this, It it's this, um, it, I can still see the cover. It's white. With sort of a blue hue and there's Mickey and the castle and, and it had, you know, probably 20 or 30 big, beautiful pop ups and you sort of pull the tabs on the side. These books are not that, just so you know, but they're still the wonderful ones, reads anyway. One of the ones that I do have that I really love is the poster art book. Have you seen that one? The It's yeah. huge. It's that really big coffee table. I have, size it, book. I have it downstairs on my coffee table. Do you? Oh, yeah. perfect. I That's one of my favorite ones. That and away from the architecture, I... I kind of tend to go towards the business side of things the the Iger book and the Disney Wars and all of that and actually if you go back <clears throat> excuse me and listen to show number 407 
We have a, a detailed discussion about 10 books that need to be in every Walt Disney World fans library. And I won't spoil it for you, but some of these books are in there, um, including the story of Walt Disney World. The Jeff Curdy book is in there. Uh, the uh, Walt Disney's Epcot Center is a fantastic book. Since the World Began, another Jeff Curdy book. Imagining Field Guides are in there and a number of others. I think, I think that the Designing Disney book might be in there. The Architecture of Reassurance, I think, made this list. There's a second, um, there's a follow-up, an additional, 10 additional books that need to be on In Every World. And I'm not, this is not meant to, just so you know, none of these books are a plug for any of the Walt Disney World trivia books, 102 Ways to Save Money for, (laughs) not Walt Disney World. They need more pictures, FYI. (laughs) That's why the audio guides, the audio guides (gasps) are right. A a pop-up trivia book. (laughs) There you go. That's the the, best of all worlds right there. The production costs alone or make that incredibly prohibitive. So, Isn't it time? Isn't it time for a new book, though? I actually just found, as I was not only cleaning out my garage and and closets, but my mom's house after she passed. Did you ever – did I ever – I don't even know. I think I knew you when I did my um, Walt Disney World trivia page a day calendar – we were just yes, you had you were giving those away um, at one point, and yes, I remember seeing them. Uh, you know what? I found a I guess what you're getting for Christmas this year. <laughs> Great, because at some point the 2009 calendar <laughs> is going to actually line up with whatever you know month and, and day. So yeah, it was that was a ton of fun to do. It was a ton to research because obviously I needed 365 different bits of trivia, but it had this little like flip book animation in the side and like there were some trivia games and stuff like that. Are they too. all correct? So they were at the time. <laughs> now, probably not so much, um, but a very expensive thing to to produce just and to get on to, to bookshelves. But that was very um, cool. That was 2009, so it was a different day and age. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, Catherine Renee Williams says, "Oh, I just like the title, Disneyland Rumor or Fact." Insert game show music here. Dun 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. Is that how the game show music goes? All right, sure. Why not? (laughs) I once heard. I once heard this about the Sleeping Beauty Castle in Disneyland. Isn't it true? That the top half is on backwards? When I first heard this, I thought, this is ridiculous. Surely not, she says. But recently I saw a picture of the back of Sleeping Beauty Castle. I was never actually been to Disneyland. We always go to Disney World. And there was something very elegant and front of the castle looking to it. So I was wondering if the rumor was true after all. I really love the show, Lou. I'm anxiously awaiting the newest episodes. Thank you for bringing us a little bit of Disney magic every week. It makes cleaning less of a drag. So I love this question, and I actually love the answer and the story even more. Uh, because as legend has it, and this is this has been, you know, we've heard people like Marty Sklar and, and Bob Gurr and others tell the same and similar, similar stories, so I take it to be true. When the castle was being designed, um, Herbie Ryman, who obviously Disney legend, legendary Imagineer, was designing the castle. He was integrating a number of different elements from Neuschwanstein Castle in Bavaria and other story elements from Disney and folklore, etc. And when he created his initial 
sketches of the castle. It was turned into a 3D model, as, as everything was. It was created in miniature, so they could actually visualize what it would look like in, a, in the park, get an idea of sight lines and aesthetics, etc. And after he saw it in 3D, he was kind of staring at it. It's like, something's just, just not right about this. And he wanted it to be... And he needed it to be, and, and obviously Walt agreed that it needed to be, you know, quote unquote, perfect, right? Because this really was the the symbol of the entire place. And the person who actually had done the model was Fred Yerger, who you might know as um, the imaginer who did a lot of the rock work in both uh, Disneyland as well as Walt Disney World. You actually find Fred Yerger; he was um, honored with a tombstone and a in a in the haunted mansion here lies uh dear old fred a great big rock fell on his head well a great big rock <laughs> fell on his head because he designed all the rock, rock work so so uh um herbie looks at it and says you know it's great but i just i'm not digging it and according to story he basically took the upper part of the model picked it up and turned it around and was sort of playing around to see how it might look and He's doing this as they're getting ready for a meeting with Walt Disney. And it might have been, God, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't, maybe it was Dick, was it, I don't think it was Dick Nudis. I don't remember who it was. He said, look, you got to hurry up and put this back. Walt is coming in. And he didn't. And Walt walks in and he looks at the castle and he's like, yeah, I like this. This, this looks much better than your <laughs> original design was. So they're like... Okay, if Walt says it's okay, this is what we're going to go with. Walt likes it, Herbie likes it, and that's the story about how the back, the top half of the castle is backwards from the original design. That's very cool. I, I had not heard that story before. And um, it, 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 this is the, the type of thing when you hear those backstories, uh, why we've been so blessed to be able to hear them from Marty when he was with us and, and others to hear the um the behind the velvet rope stories of how these things came up, up about and that little piece of trivia is incredibly cool to know well and what's what's cool about it too is sometimes <clears throat> there are these uh, happy little accidents you know to sort of use to sort of yeah. use um uh, you know that that euphemism that is how some of these things um actually come to be <laughs> much like those happy little accidents of things that happen with us when we're planning events <laughs> exactly exactly like our conversation the other day which i won't yeah. hint to here but i know it was there was a happy little accident so <clears throat> all right let's go oh i'm answering this question what? i don't even know what the question is i'm answering it only simply because of who sent it it's from Corey bassett the keeper of the box oh, our friend Corey, Corey. bassett who he's the keeper of the box because during the D23 Expos, Corey is there manning the technical side of the live broadcast, literally carrying around. Someone's got to do it, man. <laughs> <and> the camera. <laughs> um, I appreciate you, Corey, and Corey is also a uh, a member of our armed services, and I appreciate his service and sacrifice so very well. So I don't even care what your question is, Corey. I'm answering it here, and it says, and I quote, "Hello, Lou. Dot dot dot, and probably Her Majesty Becky." Oh, wow. 
Corey, you just like slipped down the list for me. There was a winking, <laughs> smiley face there. Interpret that how okay. you will. He says, listen, I really love the drawing lesson with Brian Blackmore on the live show. Yeah. Being a fellow airman, Brian Blackmore, also a member of the Air Force, I'd like to thank him for his service and dedication to our country. I, my heart is swelling. Uh, I had the pleasure of chatting with him at D23 Expo 2017, helping him with a phone issue. That sounds about right. And he couldn't have been a nicer <laughs> guy. Um <laughs> Let's see, my family, and I, uh, so my family and I are extending a couple days um, to explore Galaxy's Edge. Uh, we're not sure about getting into the land. I've done my research. Oh, he's talking about booking a reservation in order to visit Savi's workshop. And he says, um, there's going to be five to six people in the party. Do we have to pay at the same time? Do we have to have our phone ready when we arrive in the park? Thank you for all you do. And may the force be with you, Corey, keeper of the box. So he's talking about the Savi's workshop experience in Galaxy's Edge, both in Walt Disney World and in Disneyland. And without going too deep down this rabbit hole, Becky, we had a chance to do that for the first time together. And you made me build a Sith lightsaber. It. I you were so proud of yourself I building that not, Sith lightsaber. So you were, you were. I could hear you giggling I, under your I voice. Felt it was great. So <laughs> dirty. I am so anti-Sith. <laughs> I wanted just to hold a nice blue light. Anyway, we did it together. I, when Galaxy's Edge opened here, I took my son to do it uh, again. Man, menopause. I just cried at his expression, and I won't spoil what that experience is. I will say I, I want to answer this question in in. Two, two ways, because the way it is now is slightly different than during a pre- and post-COVID time. So, yes, you need to make a reservation ahead of time. It is all part of the experience because the sort of um, uh, the reveal of Savi's workshop and, and the experience is sort of uh, integrated into the storyline. It's not like a regular story you could walk into. There is this, this story about why this is, is kept secret on Batu. you are able to go with the person who is taking it, who is doing the experience and, and you've always been able to bring an additional family member with you. Now in the current COVID environment, Savi's workshop here in Walt Disney World has recently reopened in September, but because of the physical distancing, etc., there are some additional limitations in place it's already a very small experience. I think there's maybe 12 participants at one time and then they could always you know, bring somebody with them. There are now less participants in order to afford for physical distancing. So I, I do believe it's a slightly more difficult, quote unquote, ticket to obtain because there are less people there. So, and there's also the additional element of having to have a park reservation first. Mm -hmm. So you need to have your your... Disney's Hollywood Studios park reservations first and then go and make your Savi's Workshop reservation as well. I do suggest making it in advance of your day in the park. Uh, oftentimes, especially now, walk-ups are not necessarily available. And if it's something that you want to do, I, I will tell you it, it's, it's, it's about $1.99, I believe, for the experience. Uh, it is the some of the best money that you will spend not just because the lightsaber is has heft and weight and is beautiful but you want to talk about becky paying for and buying into the experience if you are a star wars fan like that is some of the most well spent experiential money you can have 
possibly on property, and there's not even food involved. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt about it, too, because at the very beginning, I'm, I am a Star Wars fan. I'm not an uber over-the-top fan, and I first thought about those um, lightsabers going, do I really need a $200 lightsaber? Do I really need that? And we went in, we did the experience, came out the other side, and it was like, wait a minute, you're not paying for a $200 lightsaber. That that experience is what you're paying for. It's, it is, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody because I think not knowing what you're going to experience when you go through it is part of what you're paying for because that surprise and delight um, factor is a huge part of, of what you're doing. Um, but when we walked out of there on the other side, everybody's playing with their lightsabers and it, it was such a, Wonderful experience that at that moment it became, yeah, that was worth every single penny. Well, because I think, look, Disney is a storytelling company yeah. at, at the, its heart. This is some of the best storytelling that happens. And again, we use words like interactive and immersive quite often, but that's exactly what this is. You are yeah. immersed in the story before you even step foot into the building and obviously, it is a, a very interactive experience because everybody's lightsaber is different. You are choosing the sort of one of four different paths in terms in terms of what the the underlying story of your lightsaber is. But then you get to choose the individual pieces. You get to choose the color, and you literally get to put it together. So when you walk out, there's not only this incredible sense of ownership, but you know, my son walked out and he held, he's like, I made this, like, this is mine. It's, mm -hmm. It is uniquely mine. And still to this day, he has the one he made there and he's gone back to Doc Ondar's and gotten other legacy sabers. And, but still, cool. this is the one <laughs> that is the most special for him. Yeah. And, and while you want to kick and scream and complain about your, your making of the Sith saber, I want to remind you of the look on your face in that picture of you holding it to my neck. Because well, I think it was more about what I was doing with the saber than oh, the color of the saber. You you definitely were somewhat um, uh, taken over by the feeling of the Sith saber. So I just want to keep reminding Listen, you. Of, I think of deep that down, everybody's got a little bit of Sith in them. So boy, do you ever! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, I I know Claire Casarado from the UK. So I want you to imagine her reading this in her lovely British accent. Oh, why don't you try? That would be great. Put on an accent for just for fun, for effect. Hi, Lou and Becky That's... with a question mark. Ooh. I kid you not. I have a question for you regarding something I've read recently. Now I'm hearing this in a British accent, which was a new concept for me. I've read that at one man's dream in Disney's Hollywood studios, you can ask the cast member for a citizen test. Well, they Ooh. give you a quiz, which you can answer in the attraction. And if you complete it, <clears throat> the cast member at the end allows you to sign a book to confirm you are now a citizen of Walt Disney World and award you a special button. Is this really a thing? Have I missed this? Despite multiple visits to this fabulous, one of my favorite, with a U, <laughs> attractions. If this is true, are there other secret things you can do for free at attractions? Thanks. And as always, your shows and info... Keep me going between transatlantic vacation. Best wishes, Claire Casarado. God save the queen. Claire Casarado, I love you. I love this question. And I love the fact that you're right. There are many other things 
like this. There are these sort of hidden treasure experiences, some of which have come and gone over the years, many of which, Becky, you will not find on a guide map, in a guidebook, mm-hmm. or really written down anywhere else. So again, pre-COVID world, and I think this started probably about five years or so. Uh, if you walked into One Man's Dream at Disney's Hollywood Studios, which, as a quick aside, every single Disney fan needs to go into, not for the air conditioning, but because of the value and the the information of that attraction itself. But if you walk in, you can ask a cast member, like pull more like, Psst, hey, hey, is it true? Yeah, you have like one of those citizen tests. And, you know, it's not like they open up an overcoat and like, yeah, man, pick a citizen test. Which one do you want? Like they will give you a citizenship test and it's a three question test and they'll give you a pencil. And if you have other people with you, you're not all going to get the same test. There are multiple oh. versions. Oh, yeah, yeah. No cheating, <laughs> Becky Mackin. Yeah. Becky was like, oh, I would just copy off Lou. Yes. <laughs> so you can walk through. The idea is that you can take the test and walk through the exhibit to find your answer. Um, and then when you're done, you can give it to that same cast member or there's um, right before you enter the theater, there's, not, there's a cast member, sometimes two, and you can turn it in there. And if you pass, you're getting a certificate and a purple honorary citizen of Walt Disney World button. And, but wait, there's more. They will enter your name in the citizenship logbook. Ooh. So, like, you're that's a permanent awesome. <laughs> fixture in Walt Disney World. So, Becky. Hidden. So, wait a minute. Oh I just my. happen to have some oh, questions. No. From the one man's dream citizenship test Shocker. that oh, I am going to. And you to, say you don't pre-read these. these uh, I didn't, but I'm able questions. to multitask and I knew that uh-huh. I had pictures of these. So here you go. No cheating. Hands up so I don't see you typing on your little <laughs> play school keyboard over there. Fill in the blank. I'm going to give you a softball to start off. Oh, be careful. You I, two at home I'm can, play, awake right can now. Play, away, play as well. If you get this wrong, I'm going to hang up on you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's that easy. That's even, that's even worse. Okay. Finish this sentence. Walt said, and I quote, I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. It was all started by a blank. Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Thought way no. too long. I was just waiting to see if you were going to like freak out that I didn't know that one. <laughs> I had my finger on the disconnect or, button. Like, or accuse me of Googling it. Okay. I'll, uh, okay. Another super softball. Super, super softball. Name two locations where you can find Disney parks besides Florida. Really? Yeah. For, well, for me, the, uh, immediately I'm going to say California and then I'm going to say um, Paris, and then I'm going to say Tokyo. I'm sorry. And then I'm say Hong Kong. It says two gonna... locations. I'm sorry. The card says Moops. <laughs> For those of you Seinfeld fans, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Moops. Moops. I'm sorry. The I card. Do you ever saw the Seinfeld episode where George is I... playing Trivial Pursuit with Bubble Boy? I don't. Okay. History. This is for the gang. How you doing over there? Not too good. <laughs> All right, bubble boy. Let's just play. Who invaded Spain in the 8th century? That's a joke. The Moors. 
Oh, no. I'm so sorry, it's the moops. The correct answer is the moops. Moops? Let me see that. That's not moops, you jerk. It's Moore's. It's a misprint. I'm sorry, the card says moops. It doesn't matter. It's Moore's. There's no moops. It's moops. Moore's. Moops. Moors! I didn't watch very many of them. I might have seen like I five think. episodes of Seinfeld. Well, I, I know the, the soup Nazi and that's about it. Or what's says, her face dancing? <laughs> the card says moops. Um, you are correct. You are correct. So here you go. Here's the third. Uh, I'm not. Uh, it's not your final question. This is another soft. Thank you so much right now. Uh-huh. What four lands does Tinkerbell show us in the opening of the Disneyland TV show? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Fantasyland? Now, think for a second. <laughs> Let me help you. I want you to think. Just the Disneyland TV lands. show. Think <laughs> about when the Disneyland TV show ran. Right. Mm-hmm. Think there about what lands might have been in play at that time. Mm-hmm. And... What fantasy land? Four. Correct. Frontier land? Correct. Tomorrowland? Correct. And Main Street USA land? Not, not <laughs> correct. <laughs> the fact that you called it Main Street USA land just literally hurt my Adventure soul. land. Okay, fine. So you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. I'm going to give you a I'm going to give you a couple other ones. How would you stop? Which American If you don't get this one, you are also not You're only will, not only will I disconnect you, but I'm going to ship you off somewhere else. Isn't which American president? Reader questions. Which which American president was one of Walt Disney's childhood heroes? That would be Lincoln. It would be. What does Epcot stand for? Uh, experimental <laughs> prototype <laughs> community of tomorrow. Correct. Ooh. <laughs> Last one. Thank God. The miniature diorama <laughs> mm-hmm. it, that you can find in One Man's Dream that was Uh-oh. hand-built by Walt Disney himself was featured in what film? Stop Googling. It has five words <laughs> in it. Five words in it. Um, I, I see a... you looking at your screen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll even, I'll I, even I, give I... you the first two. So dear... What? So dear. For those of you playing at home and screaming at your phone or your car, yes, it's so dear to my heart. It is so dear to my heart. Okay. There you go. I, so. All right. I missed I missed one. So. I'm so, proud of you. Oh, you did very oh, well. Oh, dear. You did very well. Um, so I don't know if right now, again, during COVID, I'm I, the, I promise right you now. the next time, the next time I go to Disney's Hollywood Studios, I will find out. I will ask. Maybe I'll do like a uh, if they do do it. Maybe I'll do a quick video, or I will do it live. So good. The Just don't really eat on. anything because then they'll take it off the menu, and I'll never be able to taste it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Just don't eat anything. Okay, the, so yeah. while you were um, sweating over there, and just so you know, for those listening at home, I had to cut out 10 minutes of Becky just 
thinking about wow. that question. Um, I never you, edit the show, will, but I you cut out only edit minutes. if I say bad four letter words. That's right. the only it's, time it, you ever edit. It happens a lot. So Working. while we uh-huh. while I was waiting, I napped, I snacked, um, I got a mani pedi, <laughs> and then I said, you know what? Let me. This would be fun. Let me go back and see if I can find the oldest question that still is in my inbox. Oh, so, no. <laughs> which, listen, I know I'm setting myself potentially for- 1998. You're not that far off. You're not that far off. I was going to say, off. because we should be doing email shows uh, like once every three days to keep up with your inbox. <laughs> it, we still wouldn't. We would still never get done. And, and if you've ever emailed me and I have not responded or gotten to it on the show, I promise, <laughs> we really are going as fast as we can. Right now, Becky, the oldest so question right that I uh-huh. currently have in my inbox mm-hmm. is from Angie. I hope you're still listening. And it's from 2006. Well, at least it was in the 2000s. Because <laughs> now, listen, I didn't start podcasting until 2005. So if it was before then, God only and knows. We did, and we started email shows in about 2006, right? I have no idea. Somewhere around there. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. all right. Um, well, what's the question? Well, this so, <laughs> and it's interesting because the question itself is indicative of when it was asked, right? Because it's 2006. So she's asking, where can I find the lyrics to Mr. Toad's Wild Ride? In 2006, I would have said, ask Jeeves or the Google or CompuServe, because now you can find lyrics to anything just by doing a search. However, Angie, I will tell you, merrily on our way to nowhere in particular, are we on our way to Nottingham, Brittingham, to Buckingham? Are any Hanley, Hamley, Hammy, Hamlet, I'm trying not to sing. He's <laughs> saying, I, I think you should, to, to be real to the question. No, no, and no. Real Are we on the way to Devonshire, to Lancashire, to Worcestershire? I'm not I so sure. Trying. We'll have to wait and see. Are we on our way to Dover? We're going merrily over the jolly old road that goes to Plymouth. No, no, no. We're merrily, merrily, merrily on our way to nowhere in particular. Like this show, just merrily on our way to nowhere <laughs> in particular, where the roads are perpendicular. That's so true. Mm-hmm. But now in my head, I'm singing it, and I need uh-huh. to get off this, or it's going to come out in song. And trust me, I think me, you should sing. I, I think that you're really doing a disservice to the listeners by not at least, you know, expressing your dulcet tones. Listen, trust me, I don't want to be the cause of of any nightmares or potential car traffic accidents. accidents. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, Wendy Coliata says, "Oh, when I was a kid." My dad worked for Sperry Univac Computers. That was a, that was a thing. <laughs> it was a thing. So again, we're. I hear Sperry Univac. I already know where we are back. And so again, before desktop personal computers, the magical black box device in our hands and on our desks, Sperry Univac made some of the earliest mainframe, gigantic room-sized computers, which is why she says when we visited Epcot Center in 1986, there was an attraction all about computers, Becky called, it's called the Astuter Computer Review. <laughs> of course it was called the Astuter Computer Review. We were invited. What? You, not me. Wendy was, was invited. It was. Okay. You, right. see, my friends, the computer makes life easier. 
Saves me times and headaches too. Sorts things out, analyzes and. Dudes, if you guys only you I'm you, saying. I wish this was video right now. If you could just see him go into his rapper he's stage, he's got a great. It's not <laughs> rapper. It's, it's it's a Sherman Brothers song for goodness. I know, sake. but I was saying you look at your your hands. It's got a like great flying. Well, listen, I'm Italian. I always talk with my hands, but now I'm singing with my hands. Is that a great big memory? Like an elephant, whatever. Um, Okay, so uh, Wendy was invited to a special upstairs lounge. Wendy, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was wondering if you know what attraction that was. It was called the Astuto Computer View. And the only thing I remember about the presentation was a character called Io. Io as in input-output. My dad still has a pin of Io that he bought at Epcot Center. Does it sound familiar to you? It does save that pin or put it up on the Ebays because that is super cool. And so you're correct. There was obviously the attraction called the Astuter Computer Review. It starred Ken Jennings and he was singing and dancing all about the computers that ran basically Epcot Center. And it was sponsored by Sperry Univac, which later... And it was merged or was bought out by Unisys. Again, I'm really showing my, wow. my age. Unisys, <laughs> I swear, these were all big. These were like big deals way I'll back when. I'll be over when. here for a while. Just if you need me, let me know. But um, <laughs> the attraction was located in Communicore East. And it was on a um, it was on the second floor. And it actually looked down into a room where some of the computers that ran the parks were held. And when I say computers, Becky, I don't mean a rack full of servers. I mean these gigantic, huge monstrosities that had the reel-to-reel tape-type things going on. And Ken Jennings was transported there using a Pepper's Ghost-type effect. Uh, he was actually transported, and I'm using air quotes, from the pub in the UK. So he had a couple of pints in him already. So he's all like, hello. Like he was just having a blast. And he sang about computers. And the show closed. The, the Ken Jennings version show closed in early 84, somewhere around there. And the Astuter Computer Review changed names. It was then called Backstage Magic which is a name that Disney likes to use over and over again for a lot of different things. It's also the name of one of their adventures by Disney. And Ken um, lost his job, probably from drinking too much in the pub, and he was replaced by Julie. And Julie had a sidekick sidekick named Io. And I'm holding up like this ball of nothing. So Io was this sort of globular type ball of blue energy and helped her describe the process of programming audio animatronics in the parks. Um, and, you know, again, think about when this was. This is mid-80s. Epcot Center was very heavily focused on technology and really peeling back the curtain of technology for guests in terms of what was being used now as well as what was coming in the future. Do you remember Smart One, the little purple robot? You're no, of course you don't. No, that was no, also it's been before my time at Disney. Do you World. all wait? There was also there was there were robots. <laughs> there were so remember no characters were in the parks, but man, there were robots. So there was Smart One and Communicore, and outside 
there was Gyro. It was a tall, probably eight, nine foot tall robot. It looked like it was something that came out of Lost in Space. And it was, it would literally be sort of rolling around Epcot. And then General Electric was like, oh, we need to get in on this robot thing too. Uh, his robot name was Giro, like G-E, like G-E-R-O. So, cause, so you, you got to get make sure you get G-E in the name. And they just sort of, you know, float around Epcot talking, taking pictures. They were the quote-unquote characters before Eisner's like, get Mickey Mouse in a spacesuit, put a rainbow on that thing, and get him out there. <laughs> all right, so uh, two things come to mind here. First of all, you're talking about robots all over the place, and the only thing that keeps coming back to my brain is black hole. So <laughs> that's all I'm imagining. And every time you say Ken Jennings, I'm thinking, hey, wait a minute. You took the guy from Jeopardy and transported him all the way back into 1980s? Uh, it's, a, so, it's a different Ken Jennings, but yeah. <laughs> but kudos on the pop culture reference. Thank you. So there you go. And if you, listener, have any memories of Ken Jennings, Io, Julie, Jiro, Giro, any of the many robots that have Do you remember when they did the Living Character Initiative and they had the Muppets Mobile Lab in Epcot? Yes. With Beaker? That was cool. <sighs> I miss that. That was I'm, cool. I miss those rovers. You know, it's like push. I, I miss the the roving. Lucky the dinosaur. Oh. Remember Lucky? I, remember when we saw Lucky you know at Imagineering? At Imagineering. Yes. I remember the very first time uh, when they pull that, that curtain back um, and Lucky was there to greet you. That was amazing. We you know we've amazing. done two, and I'm going to keep on calling it backstage magic. I don't care. We've yeah. done two of those backstage magics. I think Becky, we might need to do another one of those and Haven't show I been people. Saying that I know because you not only get to see backstage at Disneyland and go to Imagineering, but you also go to Old Hollywood. You see a lot of the famous places and haunts. You get a tour of Muppet Studios that is worth the price of admission alone, and many, many other locations destinations and surprises that i will not spoil we've done it twice because we love it so much Mm -hmm. and there's always something new and exciting to see uh and you mean jim henson studios what i call it uh muppet studios well yeah because there's there's muppets there (laughs) well yeah there's muppets and puppets and yeah but it's the jim henson studios and all of the um all that history i it came up the other day uh, when you we could really call it the Charlie got... Chaplin Studios, but if we want yes. to be technical, as a matter of fact, you you could. I just did. Um, the place we went for lunch, the Tam. Oh, you know, oh, yeah. And <laughs> remember our first time at the Tam. <laughs> I do. We sat in Walt's booth. We sat in we Walt's sat booth. We sat in Walt's booth next to. <laughs> We'll tell that story on the live show. One day. <laughs> Listen, the Tam O'Shanter okay. is so the Tam O'Shanter is in you know old Hollywood, and sometimes you you still get as it always has throughout the years, people from current and old Hollywood that walk in, and we're sitting there, and there was four of us having lunch, and we hear this very like gurgly, raspy voice talking about, you know, talking about all these movie stars and stuff like from the 40s, 50s and 60s. And now all of a sudden we're, we're stopping what we're doing. We're basically just eavesdropping on this conversation <laughs> over. This and we realize after hearing people. her talk for a while that it's Rosemarie. And 
<laughs> depending on your age, you might have to to do the Google. So Rosemary was an actress and comedian. You probably would know her most from the Dick Van Dyke show. Um, she was Sally Rogers on the Dick Van Dyke show. She was also in, like, I remember seeing her on the Hollywood Squares when I was a kid because I used oh, to yeah. love watching Hollywood Squares. But she's talking, you know, she's telling the story. She's <laughs> like, oh, me and so-and-so, we were out having a sandwich. And it was just so much fun. You know, and we didn't bother her. We listened. I'm sorry for that. Really, She didn't sound like that, but in our minds, that's what she sounded like. So... <laughs> The bottom line is the Backstage Magic Tour is a lot of fun. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There's there's just so many different things and experiences um, in Hollywood that that tie back to Disney. And then, of course, all the wonderful things at Imagineering that you get to actually be there in the shopping. Being able to go into... in the Mickey's of Glendale, and we typically clean it out <laughs> or come as close as we can uh, when you go there. But I love that tour, and we need to do it again. You know, and just not to gloss over Imagineering, besides the shopping, when you walk yeah. into <laughs> the model shop, when you walk yeah. into the the shop where they where there's all the maquettes for the character figures and the mm-hmm. animatronics. The history that's there is overwhelming, almost in an emotional sense. I mean, there were people that literally got emotional seeing certain things both there and at Disneyland. Look, you have access to things at Disneyland, and I will not spoil what you get to see and do, but you have access there that you cannot get anywhere else. And, you know, when we have fun because when we know what's coming, they don't. It's it's this great sort of buildup. You think you're doing one thing, and next thing you know, you go somewhere else. But even going to you know to Griffith Park and and riding on the carousel and sitting yeah. on it's not the exact one, but where the bench was that Walt sat. There's something meaningful and impactful about that. Yeah, it it really is. I I adore, um, like you said, when you know what's coming. Uh, I think I've done this tour four times now. So like you've the first done this time tour, in, you did this tour without yeah, me. Yeah, I did do this tour but without you. Yeah. And you say it like it doesn't even hurt my feelings. <laughs> like yeah. Well, yeah, wait, I did. wait, wait. I had to make sure that it was um appropriate for you because you know I know you're so particular. <laughs> <laughs> I had to sh- I had to take the shot. Anyway, um when you're walking through Imagineering and you know when they have all the curtains up. And you know that some things are going up behind those curtains that you can't see, but people are trying to walk slowly to try to querying their heads around to see what might be behind the curtains between the splits. It's just fun watching everybody um, experience Imagineering for the first time. Well, look, you know what? Now my feelings are hurt and I'm sad and we're running out of time. So I'm going to go with one final question for this week. Um, which means that I only have about 1,200 more questions to go through in the inbox. (laughs) Stay tuned. I promise I'm getting to yours if you've emailed me. No, seriously, like email me. I promise we're going to get to it. Lou at www.radio.com. In 2030, we'll be looking back going, you want to know what the longest email is that we have in the inbox? We're just going to become an all email show. That's it. It's just going to be all email all the time. (laughs) I promise that's not where we're going to be. So Anthony Horath, again, longtime friend and listener, says, hey, I'm not sure if you've ever done a show on this, but I was thinking about a top 10 attractions to ride 
at night. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. So, Anthony, yeah. I actually did do that. And that was back on, wow, that was back on show 104. Again, and so, and maybe enough time has gone by that I can and should read. There's a couple of, of to- look, in 15 years of podcasting, I have never, ever repeated a topic. But this one is back from February of 2009. I think 11 and a half, almost 12 years going by. Yeah. Allows um, us to revisit it because there's so many new attractions. So mm-hmm. without sort of spoiling the list, Becky, and I want to hear mm-hmm. from you as well as you, the listener, give me three attractions that are better to ride in Walt Disney World at night. You know, one came to my mind immediately. I'd have to think about the other two, but the one that came Club 33 to my mind... is not an attraction. No. Stop it. <laughs> well, it depends on your point of view. <laughs> um, because cocktail hour is at night. And typically. There we go. Uh-huh. Um, the Incredicoaster. Yeah. At, Listen to me. It, in... Walt Disney World. It's the one <laughs> on this side of the if you're looking at a map, it's the one See? all the way to the right down on the bottom. Dude, you just I you said Disney. So I'm gonna say the Disney attraction. And again, I am on the West Coast. I've been here way too long, and that's where my brain is right now. So no, your brain, you your brain is in the lounge at Club 33. Get just finish your drinks, put and, and step outside into the parks. Three attractions that are better at night. Pretty much for uh, this is not Becky, a cop attractions out, but... are the things you do in between wow. cocktails. Just <laughs> No, I was I was thinking about pretty much anything outdoors at night because I love night. I just I'm a dark and twisty individual. Like and you just validated what I said at the beginning. (laughs) What do all right? How about I'll I'll help you? I'll help you. I'll give you a credit coaster. I'll give you a couple. Oh, Uh, well, I think is better. Test track. Yep. Yeah. I I think. think um, I think Slinky Dog Dash. Is better at night, uh, especially when the Christmas lights are are all lit. Actually, sunset is a beautiful time. I think Expedition Everest at night in the back row is wonderful. I love the TTA at night. I love okay, the TTA. The TTA that's and that's, wait. That's probably my number one. Ready for this? And I know you're going to dig this. When it opens, the Tron oh, coaster yeah. at night. Good golly, Miss Molly, you better get ready because you are going to leave your jaw on the floor. That, yes, absolutely. Because riding it in Shanghai, we rode it at night. We rode it in the daytime. We rode it at nighttime. And just watching watching the the attraction from the outside at night is gorgeous. Yeah. The lighting is just will stand out so much and that will be amazing. Yeah, Yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah, tr- the the Tron coaster may be when it opens. I'm doing a quick sort of run through the parks in my head. It may be the best attraction to ride at night, besides the credit coaster. <laughs> and- Couldn't help myself. Hey, well, seriously, now tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong because no, because. <laughs> That was easy. all the effects, wait, all the effects of the stretching <laughs> effects and stuff that happen on that coaster, you see better at night, right? But Becky, you're sitting there from the Lamplight Lounge looking at the wow. coaster from your cocktail. Like, of course it's going to look better at night. 
There's a lot of cocktails that are better night too, like the ones <laughs> with the, <laughs> the sugar on top. Oh, I, now you have to, now I'm really homesick for, for Disneyland and, and, I know I'm, I am with you as well, but lamplight lounge, I, the lamplight, let the secret room at uh, lamplight lounge. Yes, that's and, and the, sitting the out by the water. Remember the, the last time we were there, sitting out by. Yep. Aw, I do. Aw, give me a hug. Like, whoa, Aww. back off. Um, <laughs> physically distanced, man. Uh, I would love to we're know. We're 2,500 miles away, buddy. <laughs> I don't from think it you, um, and <laughs> I'd love to know from you. What is what is the best Walt Disney World attraction to ride at night? And any other thoughts that you have about anything else that we discussed on the show, your memory of the Astuter computer review or backstage magic here at Walt Disney World. Have you ever done the citizen test at one man's dream? Have you I ever have. done Savi? <laughs> you have not. This doesn't mean like, count. Just do it today. <laughs> Where's my button, by the way? (laughs) I will make you a very, very special button. I'm counting on it. As well. Um, And listen, if you have a question you want to answer on the show again, email me, lou at www.radio.com. And look, it's one thing to talk about all of these things and all these attractions. Of course, it's something else to come and enjoy and experience them for yourself if you haven't been back to Walt Disney World I'm telling you to quote the Sherman Brothers once again now is the time now is the best time to book your next vacation and of course where else would you book it but with Becky Mencken and Mouse Fan Travel because not only you know they give you the best prices available to get all that kind of stuff but really they will be able to help you answer any questions that you might have with advanced dining reservations questions concerns all at no it's free dare i say it's free it's free it's It's magical and and we and we support wdw radio too so booking with us also supports the 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 talent and efforts of one lou mongello as 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 tom cruise said help me help you Yes, Book your trip exactly. through by going to mousefantravel.com. And Becky we Mencken, certainly appreciate it. we have so many more questions yeah. to get to and uh, challenges to pit you up against. You, I'm going to do, do this re- every time. I'm going to ask you questions every no. single time. It's so much more fun that way. Do you, rem- do you remember way back when, when we started this? We used to do like 20 questions in a show. What did we get? Like five we're going to be doing this until like 2057. Well, that's because you start telling all kinds of stories about Gyro the robot and Gyro the robot and IO and ham and eggs and all the other uh, yeah, different things. That's all me. It's all, it's just uh, so, you're so fault. tangential. So, <laughs> <laughs> unlike me, who stays completely on topic at all times. Yeah. yeah. Listen, that's what makes it fun, right? The idea yeah, is that we're all just the- sitting around. Talk I, about these things that make us happy about going I to. I dare you do the outro as Rosemary. I can't because I don't want to insult the poor woman. She was very, very nice and very sweet. And it's just, look, I have a feeling she was probably a smoker just based on, (laughs) you know, she had she had a very. um, um, We knew it was her. (laughs) Right, right. I and because I think it was, we were with we were friends, Michael and Tony, and Michael's like, I know that voice. Like, it's not like that weird singing show on TV. Like, he's looking over, like, I know that voice from somewhere. Yeah, 
Good times. Maury Amsterdam and I used to go to the Tam O'Shanta together. She didn't really sound like that, but to us, that's exactly the way she sounded. Well, to you. <laughs> You've been playing that back in your head for, what's it been, uh, eight years, not ten years? I don't I don't know how long ago that was. It's it was been a while. Yep. I'll have the corned beef, please. <laughs> and a Manhattan. Now you're talking my language. Bring on the Manhattans. It's time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how you pay attention to the details of what you see here, taste, or remember. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney Prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week, and select our winner. So last week was all about Halloween in the Disney parks, and your question, of course, had to be about Halloween specifically, one of my favorite nighttime spectacular Happy Hallowishes, and the question was simply to tell me, who is the narrator of the Happy Hallowishes show? Again, thanks to the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct, and knew that it was the ghost host from the Haunted Mansion. And actually, the full title for Hallowishes was Happy Hallowishes, A Grim Grinning Ghost's Spooktacular in the Sky, which would have been a big hint had I given you the full name, but I didn't. But this was actually the fireworks show that was part of Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party in Magic Kingdom from 2005 to 2018, and it was loosely tied to or almost themed to the Haunted Mansion also included a lot of visuals and audio from some of the Disney villains. It was then replaced by Disney's not-so-spooky spectacular, which I also love and miss and can't wait to see come back as well. Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one. Again, you were playing for all of my digital products, which are my 102 ways to save money for an at Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours, of each of the lands of the Magic Kingdom, all in binaural audio as I take you through on a sort of guided one-on-one tour through the history, details, secrets, and stories. By the way, you can find the books and the tours still just $10 at www.radio.com. But last week's winner, randomly selected, is Brian Holt from California. So, Brian, thank you. Congratulations. I will get your prize package at you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week, I'm going to keep it short and sweet and simple and ask you to tell me simply, where in Walt Disney World have you heard this line? Your Highness, my loyal companions and I accept these punishments. Now, no, I'll give you a hint. It is not a meeting at Becky Mankin's office, but tell me where you can or could hear that. What attraction, show, shop you could have heard or seen that quote in Walt Disney World. You have until Sunday, November 1st at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there, and you will once again be playing for the book, the audio tours, and a brand new WW Radio Blue Cobalt Mug, not available in stores or really anywhere except downstairs in my closet. So good luck and have fun.
that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Don't forget to be part of the community and conversation. Talk about this week's show or anything you like in the Disney, Marvel, Star Wars universe by joining the Facebook group at www.radio.com slash community. Be part of the WW Radio Clubhouse. Also, don't forget to join me this and every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WW Radio Live. It's a live, interactive chat and broadcast where I talk about my top five live. We can discuss this week's show, my Disney Plus Pick of the Week, 20 questions contests, your calls, and more. And this week, I might even be live broadcasting from a special location. So join me again Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern at www.radiolive.com. Also, be sure and definitely check out my eBay auctions again this week as I share items from my 40-plus years of collecting with you. Coming up this week, I have a lot of Disney books, Marvel items, and in the coming weeks, I have some very special collectibles from my childhood, including original mint-carded Star Wars action figures and lots more. Auctions begin and end Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern. They start at a dollar and no reserve, and you can find them at www.radio.com slash eBay. Huge, huge thanks to every member of the WW Radio Nation family, including new and longtime members like Gretchen Zavarella, Andrew Mylan, Greg Dykes, Holly Robinson, Becky Mankin, and Michael Kell. I sincerely appreciate your love, support, friendship, and help, and love being able to give back to you each and every month. If you want to find out how you can not only help the show, but get exclusive rewards every month, including monthly scavenger hunts, trivia quests, we have a private Facebook group, magic band covers, logo gear, t-shirts, backpacks, care packages from Walt Disney World, and exclusive live video group calls, early access to events, and more. You can go to www.radionation.com. Joining the nation is completely optional, but starts at as little as a dollar a month. And please don't forget, not only is it a great way to help show your support for WW Radio, but a portion of the proceeds of your contributions do go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Speaking of community, I'd love to connect with you online. I am at Lou Mangello on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest. And if you have a question you'd like me to answer on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com, or call the voicemail. Be heard on the air at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WW1. And I know it's so hard. We have not been able to get together in person soon, but I promise that Meets of the Month and other special events are coming, hopefully, sooner rather than later. I already have some plans that I'm working on, so stay tuned for some announcements coming soon. And do in large part because of my gratitude to you for allowing me to do what I do and, and what I love and share it with you. I'd love to help you do the same and find that thing that you love and help you turn it into what you do and maybe even turn your passion into your profession with one-on-one mentoring or my weekly mastermind group. To find out more, you can visit lumangelo.com. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share a link either through Spotify or Apple Podcasts or over on Facebook. And if you can, take just a couple of seconds to rate and review the show over on Apple Podcasts. Even if, not, even if that's not where you necessarily listen, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave a review there. It's incredibly helpful. Takes just a few seconds. I want to thank some recent reviewers including Disney Missy, who says it's the original and the best. Lou taught the world what a well-made, kind, well-researched, enjoyable, positive Disney-focused podcast was, and he's been making them for years. I started listening to him when my daughter was an infant and she's in high school now. If you listen to only one Disney podcast, 
Listen to WW Radio. Luke puts out an awesome show and positivity to the universe at the same time. Mick in Iowa says, thank you, Lou. I've enjoyed all 600-plus podcasts, learned so much about Walt Disney World, and especially the little Easter eggs and hidden references to Imagineers, the cast of regulars, and more. Your focus on the positive is a welcome oasis more than ever. And Ord28 says, it's the best podcast. As being a former Disney cast member, I need my Disney fix every week. Lou makes you really jump into the Disney world. And not only that, the community he's helped create makes you feel that Disney magic always and helping to get in enough shape to join the WWE running team. Trust me, you don't have to be in shape. Look at me. So I can go headfirst into the community. Thanks for all you do. The knowledge of Disney and the excitement for everything makes every day a little better. I hope to run into you when I'm down there and the Boathouse apps are on me. You had me at Boathouse, but it doesn't have to be on you. But thank you to you and everyone else. And by the way, if you want to join the running team to walk, run, walk, jog, do it virtually or cheer, just go to www.run.com. But again, thanks to all of the reviewers. Again, just search for WW Radio and Apple Podcasts or go to www.wdwradio.com slash iTunes to find out exactly how, when, and where to do it. Finally, most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you. I am giving a virtual, physically distanced, yet incredibly awkwardly long and warm embrace because I appreciate you. I am thankful for you every single day that you are in my life and that you allow me to play a small part in yours as well. I hope the show has made your day happier. It inspires you to be better. Go out there, choose the good, find the good, and be the good in everything that you do. And if there's some way that I can thank you or help you, please let me know. I love and appreciate you, and I hope that this is your best week ever. I'll see you Wednesday night, but until next time, see ya. And thanks. Hey, Lou and WDW family. It's Elizabeth from Massachusetts. I'm realizing I haven't called in a little bit of time. Um, school started up again, and life has gone full speed. Um, so shout out to any teacher out there like myself um, who's headed back to school and is teaching the youth of America. Keep up the great work. Um, I know it probably feels as crazy as it does for me. Um, just listen to some great shows. Uh, Lou, I listened to episode 350 about the Tricycle D Ranch, which I'm actually realizing I never have made it out there. Um, it's a secret, but, <laughs> um, answer to my, the answer uh, to your question about which horse is my favorite Disney horse, though, would have to be Max from Jingled. Absolute favorite horse. He's so spunky. I love him. And then I just finished today listening to episode 353 which was a DSI about Space Mountain. And I will have to also answer the question for that one, which is Space Mountain is actually not my favorite mountain. Do I love it? Of course. Um, but I would have to say that Thunder Mountain is my absolute favorite. I just have really good memories on there. My mom taking silly pictures of me from the time I was little until now on that ride. Um, so I just love it. And then I really love Splash Mountain too song is catchy um and i love the like dark ride-ness of it and then it's a water ride um but i'm actually even more excited for when it becomes princess and the frog themed which i think is going to be awesome and i'm so ready for it um so yeah that's what i just wanted to call in and say again hope everyone's doing well um keep your heads up stay magical stay awesome and have a magical day too see you real soon bye hello uh, Dan Collin from Saskatchewan, Canada. Just 
uh, had some memories pop up here uh, on my phone from two years ago today. We were at uh, Henson Studios on our uh, on our adventure by Disney with Becky and her team, who uh, put that that awesome trip together and organized it. And uh, the Griffiths Park Carousel, you know, it made me think of uh, you know that uh, the uh, the owner, Julio, you know, who's passed away, he seemed like such a lovely guy. But uh, anyways, this crazy world it made me think back a couple years to what a what a terrific day and uh, what a great trip that was. And, of course, uh, us in Canada right now, we can't uh, travel down there, but um, that's pretty small compared to what a lot of people are going through and dealing with right now. So I uh, just wanted to... Uh, Send you warm wishes and big hugs from uh, the uh, Great White North on the passing of your mum. And uh, I think it's a wonderful thing that that uh, your friends and your communities rallied to raise so much money for such a great cause in uh, in her passing. And uh, yeah, anyways, I just have never called in before, but um, uh, thoughts of uh, Disney in that trip. Uh, Always uh, put a smile on my face uh, as we, you know, navigate the challenges and adversity that we've seen 2020 bring us. So I uh, I can still uh, close my eyes and see that Peter Allen Shaw painting at um, that Imagineering when the lights went out and, and then the lights on the painting all glowed to the park at night. So hope you're well. Hope everybody out there is well. Big shout out to the Wesleys in Michigan friends that we met on that trip that we're, uh, you know, still in touch with, which was great, and uh, I've actually been chuckling for a while now, a few shows back there with you and Tim, when uh, you threw out the, uh, you know, just have a pickle from the pickle jar thing, and I, I think that that should be a t-shirt right there, you know, you guys are rushing around the park, so you could have different characters with different voices, uh, you know, say that, Rocky or Hank Hill or whatever, right? Dang it, Timmy, just have a pickle from the pickle jar. So, anyways, hope you have a great day, and uh, thanks for putting on the show, and, and again, condolences, and uh, hope everybody has a terrific week. Thanks, bye. Hey, everyone, it's Elizabeth from Massachusetts. Um, just finished listening to episode 356, which was a top 10 about... Um, favorite backstory in the park, which I absolutely loved. I thought it was super fun. Um, I love getting to learn about the new things, maybe that's some backstories that I didn't know, um, learn more about some that I did know about. Um, and I think what, I mean, there's so many I could pick from that I love, but I think what's important and why I love the episode is that that's the Disney difference, is that you know, Disney takes the time to make sure there are backstories and everything's rich with details and um, the feeling and emotion they're evoking, and you do that through storytelling. So, um, yeah, I don't think you can find that anywhere else in the world other than the Disney parks, and I think we all can agree. And I think that's the difference. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got. I hope everyone's having a great day. It is Saturday of Columbus Day weekend. And I know as a teacher, I have Monday off, which is really nice. Um, so I'm excited to sort of take it slow and, um, yeah, rejuvenate after another week of teaching. 
Hope you're all doing great. Um, watching some not so spooky or very spooky Halloween movies on Disney Plus and enjoying the wonderful month that is October. Talk to you all real soon. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison from Flowertown, Pennsylvania. I haven't checked in in a couple weeks. Um, kind of busy here, but it's Halloween. One of my favorite times of year, and I'm calling in after your show to tell you some of my favorite Halloween moments. In 2012, we did a family trip with the kids, and we did the Mickey Not-So-Scary Halloween party, and we all dressed up. It was my absolute favorite part of our trip, and I was Cruella DeVille, and my husband was Mr. Incredible. And one of my sons was Peter Pan. The other one was Hook. And then my daughter was Rapunzel from Tangled. So we did Art of Animation that year. It was the opening year of Art of Animation 2012. We did the pool during the day. We got dressed up, went to Ohana for dinner. And then we went over for the Mickey Not-So-Scary Halloween party The trick-or-treating was awesome. The candy was primo candy. My favorite part, two things, the parade. And I'm not really a parade person, but that parade is my absolute favorite. It's it's so awesome. The grave diggers with the shovels, seeing a lot of the villains that you don't see otherwise. uh, It's just amazing. And then my second favorite part, which I didn't anticipate, was seeing everybody else's costumes. And some of these families, the costumes were so elaborate and so well thought out that I had a hard time telling the difference between a cast members and guests. And so that that is so worth doing when it comes back. My highlight of my trip. And I saw lots of other Cruella DeVille's and we all should look slightly different, but we all gave each other nods as we walked by, like, yeah, you're Cruella, me too. Like, it was just so much fun connecting with everybody else and just walking around enjoying it. And um, anyway, that's all I had to say about Halloween in the parks and my memories, and I can't wait to do it again. Everybody have a wonderful week. I'll see you guys in the box. Make someone smile. Bye. Bye.